3: You can support this podcast at patreon.com
4: slash Media.
2: This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Clinton Felton of Amarillo, Texas. Clinton will get a marathon decal showing he watched 26.2 hours of his favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Katie and Rebecca Lavoie, and these are their stories. You think you know
4: who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, Law and Order, Law & Order.
2: These are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Criminal Intent, Season 4, Episode 5, Eos Foros. <laughs> Congratulations. You managed to unite atheists and Christians in common cause against police harassment.
4: We do what we can.
3: What you seem to be doing is playing musical suspects. Reverend Calloway, his brother Wayne, now his daughter April. <laughs>
1: Did you look that up?
2: <laughs> yeah, I looked that up. <laughs> Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad are Fighting podcast, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca.
1: Don't you know who I am, Kevin? Don't you know who I am?
2: You're a very important public figure. Yes, <laughs> I do. And rounding out our panel is our special guest... Who wants to go half anonymous, uh-huh. just like her cohort? <laughs> it's cohort? Katie. It's Katie from the Date with Dateline podcast. Hi, Katie.
0: Hi, guys. I think you should have just said, "Just some girl named Katie." Just some, some girl. <laughs> we found <laughs> her. Some random We ran into her yeah. at Big Lots. We decided to just hang out.
2: We had your partner Kim on, uh, who also prefers to be anonymous. Yes. I mean, you should take it from us. Podcast fame is not so intense that you need a pseudonym to preserve your <laughs> privacy. <laughs>
0: I don't even know why we do it at this point. It's fine. <laughs> now Now it's a thing, so we have to continue. We have to try to keep the mystery because it's a thing now. It's
1: certainly not as exciting as atheist fame. Oh my Paradise. goodness. <laughs> yeah,
2: for real. <laughs> now you ride or die criminal intent. Can you tell us why you think this franchise stands apart?
0: No, I ride or die Vincent D'Onofrio. Let me be clear. <laughs> ah, got it. All let right, me, got let it. Let me just clear that up right now. Does that
2: include like Kingpin in uh, Daredevil or? He's,
0: he's just the... He's always been my guy. I just really like him. I like him as an actor. I like him as a gentleman. I just, I'm I'm a fan of his. Mr. D'Onofrio, if you're listening, I'm a fan.
1: He doesn't listen. He tried once and he hated it so much. I promise he's not listening. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's wow. too bad. It's too bad.
1: We alienated him.
2: And his fans. <laughs> No. Except, but we're, we're drawing them back. That's right. By giving our long-suffering criminal intent fans That's right. what they want. Something to listen a to. A Gorn episode. Now, I think Gorn and Keith Morrison yes, have some of the same kind of endearing quirky <laughs> qualities. I <laughs> okay. mean, Keith Morrison doesn't go around sniffing things, but I mean, you can see there's like a, a lovable oddity that they both share.
0: It's a lovable intellectual quality. I see that.
2: Mm-hmm. a lot of
0: leaning. (laughs) A lot of leaning.
2: (laughs) Twisting your head around. Yeah. Now, it may be a foregone conclusion, but Katie, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective
0: team. I'm not crazy about Eames, unfortunately. So I'm not actually going to say Goran and Eames. (laughs) I'm going to say I really like Benson. Oh, boy. Yeah. What do people normally answer to this? What did Kimberly say? Uh, oh, it,
2: it runs. It runs. The <laughs> she oh. liked uh, f- like Finn, Finn and Munch, Finn yeah, and okay. Munch. A lot of people like uh, Logan and Briscoe,
0: Benson
1: and Stabler, Benson and so Stabler. So, what have you got against? uh yeah, go against Catherine Irby slash uh, Catherine
0: like Eames. What's your What's
1: your oh, beef? I,
2: are you jealous? M- maybe,
0: maybe <laughs> I want it to be me. There could be, there could be a little of that in there. <laughs> but no, I don't I don't know. I don't think she's as strong as him. And I think with Benson and Stabler, they're both equally strong. Does that make sense? That I, does I make like sense. to watch yeah. them. They're a good they're a good duo, but I just I'd much rather I think he's a lot stronger than she is. That's just my opinion. I'm sure many
2: people are gonna be angry. But that's that's <laughs> yeah. what I think. Katie, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite
0: law and order, district attorney prosecutorial team. Oh my goodness. I would say oh, See, I'm the worst because I just like people. Like, I love Sam Watterson. So, I'm an old school and I I spent like two years watching only Law & Order, the original. So, Mm
2: -hmm. I... You say you spent two years. I mean, you you were like in County Lockup and (laughs) that was the only thing on the TV? For some...
0: No... You know, I dated a guy and we, for some reason, bought every box set and it took a long time to get through it. It probably wasn't two years, but it was a minute. It was a minute of our lives that we spent <laughs> watching uh, watching all of these box sets of the original Law and Order. And I'm sure, tr- I mean, I think that might be where that comes from. I just have a fondness. Jack McCoy is not an
1: unpopular answer, so don't feel bad. Okay.
2: Okay. No, the unpopular thing is that you actually had that box set on VHS. <laughs> Now let's look at the first half of this episode, Criminal Intent Season 4, Episode 5, Eos Foros.
1: I could listen to you try to pronounce that Eos word. Foros. You've said it three different times in three different ways now.
2: It's Eos Foros.
1: Eos Foros?
2: Nailed it. Yeah. What does it mean? I'll tell you later. Okay. In a motel room, we hear <laughs> Eleanor Calloway tell her kidnappers what an important person she is. <laughs> to which the culprits say, yeah, that's why we're kidnapping you. They force her bound granddaughter to obtain some gold coins for ransom before she somehow escapes and contacts police. A SWAT team arrives to find Eleanor and one of her three kidnappers dead.
4: How many perps are we talking about?
2: The granddaughter,
3: April, thinks there were three males. She was tied to the bed, blindfolded the whole time. Latent isn't coming up with any prints.
4: No fingerprints, and they leave this guy. No
3: ID, nothing in his pockets. It looks like they were going to kill the granddaughter, too. Plastic on the floor to catch the fluid from leaking into the room downstairs.
2: Eleanor was a famous activist for atheism. (laughs) Apparently those things are around. (laughs) April is living with her atheist uncle Wayne because her dad is now a pastor and estranged from his heathen family. Goran and Eames find a car that's GPS leads them to a dumped body of kidnapper number two. Goran's superpower of deduction says... The crossing rope marks on the neck means the killer switched hands because his right hand was weak. Of course it does. <laughs> a fingerprint on a ketchup packet in a car leads them to massage therapist Mitch Godell, but his alibi is solid. He did treat suspected kidnapper Moses Delgado for carpal tunnel. Would Delgado be trying to set up Godel? Mm. The kidnappers didn't do any research into Eleanor's finances, so how did they know where to get those gold coins, which by now have been melted down? April explains on the day of the kidnapping, she was supposed to appear on a radio show with her preacher father, but her explanation about why her dad was late doesn't add up. Mm. All right, so Eleanor Calloway may be tied up, but she's certainly not taking any shit from anybody.
4: You have no idea who you're messing with. I'm an important public figure. Is this what they teach you in Sunday school? Kidnapping helpless women? You hypocrites! I wish there was a God so he could smack you across
1: the face! And she is no, also not taking any acting lessons before she has seen <laughs> <a> scene. <laughs> Nor has any dialogue been written for her, which wasn't, like, just slug dialogue. Like, the don't-you-know-who-I-am-I-am-a-very-important-public-figure, like... It's like somebody wrote that, like, okay, sub in the real dialogue later, and then someone forgot to do that, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I might be wrong, uh, Katie, but I thought I saw them put duct tape on her mouth twice.
0: It, it could be possible. Did you guys notice a vibrato in her voice, too? Did you notice she was just singing like
5: this? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? It was a very
0: operatic.
2: Now, Goran asks April.
0: You
3: notice anything special about him? Maybe he had an accent? Unusual smell?
1: Smell. His hands smelled like like when they fix a roof. Tart. I mean that smell? He's, he's the one that would hit me.
2: So now he's imparting his superpowers right. of nose detection to a new generation.
1: He just assumes yes. that everybody does that. Walks around smelling things. Like, that's the way we all go through the world. Like, he really does behave like he's like a mole, you know, like blind. <laughs> and he's like and, and like, and then he smells everything, and then everybody else must as well. I thought that was... You know, It's not a question that would pop to mind first for me.
2: Now, you're a big fan of Goren, so Katie, you have to yeah. have noticed his propensity to smell every fucking thing.
0: Yeah, his is also his propensity to be the king of science. He always knows all the science before you do. He's wonderful. He's a genius. Did you have anything else to ask? He's, he's, he's perfect. Can I make it clear? He, he absolutely uh,
2: uh, made the connection between tar yep. and eczema.
0: Yes, he did. Very quickly, and knew it was eczema just straight off the bat. And she was nervous, you yeah. noticed. Yeah. She, said, she said, should you be touching him like that?
2: Said, it's eczema. <laughs> I hope it's not catchy. Um, <laughs> look, there's a, another clue there. Is the, uh, the ketchup packet and yeah. its viscosity? Yes. Mm.
3: Driver got mud on his shoes. Ketchup. Still gummy.
4: Maybe same vintage as the mud.
2: Mm. It's okay. still gummy? It's still gummy. Look, (laughs) I've been to Burger King. How many years until the ketchup inside actually gets hard? It's not like a week.
1: I mean, how would anybody know the answer to that question? Like, who keeps an open ketchup packet? It's literally something that you throw away after you use. And it makes me wonder, like, what is Goran doing, like, on Sundays? Is he just, like, opening ketchup packets and letting them lay out? And then every five minutes taking a test to see what the viscosity is. <laughs> what kind of experiment would lead him to know that? Kimberly, that please
0: explain this to us. Just lined up on the windowsill. Just packet after packet. That would be wonderful <laughs> trying mustard. And then we get the mayonnaise packets, then the Dijon mustard. He's got all the different varieties. That would oh, that's delightful.
2: <laughs> oh, Goren. Now first off, Gorin knows that the baseball team that Mitch thinks Moses Delgado talked about. Was in Mexico. Mm. He didn't like the majors. He was big on some Triple A team, the Red Devils. I never heard of them. Right, uh, Diablo Rojos, a Mexican league. They're Triple uh, A. Mm. He said the Red Devils. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Diablo Roje. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So okay, now he's now he's an expert in the Mexican baseball league. <laughs>
1: uh, he's an expert in everything.
2: Apparently so. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> so now Interpol says they're looking for a guy with a bunch of gold coins. Why don't you just assume he's going to Mexico anyway? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if a guy liked the ballet, you don't think he's going off to Moscow.
1: Yeah, this is a weird. The whole setup, I got very confused because I was also very distracted by the fact that Gordon and Eames kept using the word buddies over and over again <laughs> there was this whole what? thing it was supposed to be a joke about like maybe his buddies got
4: rid of it so we couldn't trace it back to the guy who forged their passports smart buddies getting rid of evidence a good time to the kidnapping
3: one pair of shoes one pair of pants
4: maybe only one smart buddy plenty of room for a buddy
3: well two buddies left the motel in Larry's car last night Only one buddy made it back here.
1: Smart buddies, dumb buddies. He puts his buddies in the trunk. And I just, and then there was this, it was very, very distracting for me and I wasn't able to pay attention to any of that red herring, L red herring stuff that they were throwing at
0: (laughs) (laughs) us. The lie destroying the clothes in the bathtub. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Buttons from
3: jeans, shoelace eyelets. Looks like they dissolved their clothes in here with lie. Same clothes that they wore. During the kidnapping, we got 16 eyelets, six buttons.
0: See, but seriously, how long does it take lie to, <laughs> to dissolve clothing in a bathtub? This seems like it would be several, like a yeah. month, not not within days. It would just dissolve everything to little bits and eyelets and zippers, right? Am I yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. And then what, apparently
2: go down the drain? Yeah. Because there wasn't the, anything in there. And
1: then also, but it wouldn't dissolve the pipes, right? But yeah. then also, like that Goran like immediately yeah. knew it had to be lie and then he's yeah exactly (laughs) and then he was like sixteen uh uh, islets sixteen islets yeah exactly knew exactly how two pairs of shoes one pair of jeans what (laughs) did you work at a sweatshop before you were a cop Uh, uh,
0: (laughs) this is how many men had visited this hotel yeah it was it was it was pretty impressive
2: I liked that. I liked that a lot. They also had another great uh, clue where they said, Hey,
3: could you have someone check the last entry on the GPS in the car?
2: Check to see where the GPS sent this car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then it took like apparently, I don't know, half a day later. A download. It did. It did. (laughs) And then they find the body.
0: I'm not sure what happened there. I think there was just some crossed wires. You know, it's a bit—it's bu- busy. They get busy. It's their busy season. I'm not sure why it should have been instantaneous. It should have been beep boop on the car. Where's the? Where was the last place you went?
2: They were able to get a the thumbprint from Mitch Goddell off the ketchup packet before they found the G- GPS coordinates where they dumped the body.
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> totally right. Oh boy. Okay, storyline. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Can I ask you a question, Katie? Because I feel like this is the kind of thing that when I bring it up with Kevin, like, he doesn't care. He never, like, writes a question about it. It's always up to me to be the champion of this. Okay, I'm ready. You're a Criminal Intent fan, and, like, the aesthetic of this show, for me, it's, like, the scenes, like, the scene in the hospital, their squad room, even, like, when looking at the car, like, they're all, they all seem like they're filmed in, in real places. Like, that, that hospital seemed like, seemed like it was filmed, like, in a real hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the ceiling and the fluorescent lights. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that sort of artificiality that we get that we're used to like an s v u for instance. do you notice that kind of
0: stuff too, or is it just me? I think you're totally right. It doesn't feel as much like a set. you're right. It feels a little more fleshed out. I'm not you know I honestly don't know where they filmed criminal intent where what hmm do you do either of you know? Well, I mean, I think where, it's new
2: York new York centric yeah, and the weather was good then this this was like very early in that season, you know, so they were obviously you know shooting. Before September, this was you know probably July, August, so yeah. they were able to go outside. I do notice, though, that the guys do wear their their uh, three-button jackets. <laughs> yes. It, it did not hold time. up well, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
0: special. That's the, that's the David Fincher 7 detective look, and we, they must stick yeah. to it at all times.
2: It's important. I always want to know, why does Deacons put up with all this shit? <laughs> I mean, he's like the voice of reason. But the kidnappers, they had to know what time they left the house.
4: Or else they just staked out the house that morning.
2: It's like, oh, well, you know, he, like, uh, switched hands because his right hand was hurting. He was like, no, maybe he was just fucking left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so he's like, oh, they must have known he was going to come out and kidnap them. He was like, well, maybe he just staked out the house. <laughs> <laughs> Gorin. <laughs> Jesus. We're about to send you to Mexico <laughs> to find find a guy who's going to be watching He's going to be watching baseball with a whole bunch of gold coins under his arm. I, I
1: feel like you're not still um, not feeling criminal intent as much as some of our guests uh, do. Is that right?
2: No, I actually like it. I do, do like it.
1: You don't sound like you like it.
2: No, but I'm still constantly amazed by the giant suppositions that <laughs> Goran makes that everybody just goes along with.
0: Yeah. It's part yeah,
1: of his which
2: charm. Which is why I think Deacons wants to kill somebody. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: probably exactly right. Uh, I didn't even think about that.
2: Yep. Well, if you were if you were Gorn's boss, I mean, wouldn't you lose your mind?
0: Oh, me personally, absolutely not. I yeah. would think he was a genius, and I would give him trophies and medals and whatever whatever he wanted. I'd buy him Burger King every day. But I think, uh. but I do understand. Well, I think the thing is, is that he comes through. Right? He comes through on these things that might be a little bit far fetched. So okay, so maybe some of the stuff day to day is a little bit all right. We're tired of it, but in the end, he br- he brings it home. <laughs> So you can't be that annoyed if somebody's constantly bringing it home, right?
2: You know, you cut them some slack, which is why they say, check out this ketchup packet. You don't say, oh, go to hell.
0: <laughs> right. You're not like, are you sure I have to call the the feds about this? What was he trying to call the feds about, the the, the the ketchup packet? There was one point that they were calling. They had to call in for something. They
2: scraped some skin cells off of that hand brace.
0: Oh, that's right.
2: Which, by the way, yes. he just like. Had it on his hand. He put it on his hand. It's so
1: gross. He's like, "Oh, they got stuff off of this." Yes
2: yeah, apparently, it's all your DNA.
1: yes. You've yeah, been wearing that, that, it. <laughs>
2: yeah. That was not
0: good detective work. I was a little bit disappointed in that, but that's that's okay. His
1: grossness. He's always willing to put things on his body or touch things. and it's not just the smelling yeah. like, he's, he's always willing to like have a prox like some proximity to something that, like a regular detective wouldn't want to have. But I think the thing they are referring to, Kevin, is when he made the giant leap about the VA. That was it, right? It
3: could be a vet. the The uh, military keeps blood and, and DNA records on every recruit
1: when he was like, every soldier has their DNA taken, so let's go to like the military database to figure this out. It's like, what? Because you found a thumb, like, like mask on the ground that you put on your dirty hand? Like, we're gonna do that now?
2: You already spent half a day chasing somebody over a thumbprint on a ketchup packet. Yes. You wanna, like, yeah. cross-reference the DNA of everybody at the VA? Everybody in the world. How about you just find somebody right. with carpal tunnel syndrome? <laughs> Be a narrow it down there. <laughs> So we have a Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Can you name the actor who played Mitch Godel? Yes. You can. Well, he's from that movie, Swimming with Sharks, right? I don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah, we I
2: are. don't know. That,
0: that, that, was that a famous movie? No, I I think I always sort of thought of him as the poor man's Matthew Broderick. Uh-oh. And so does that make sense? Do you does anyone feel me it on does. that? Okay.
1: Yeah. He yeah. also looks like the poor man's like Skarsgard brother too, to me. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <Okay>. no, <laughs> there that's there we go. That's Frank Wally. Uh-huh. You guys are so wrong about this. I've been at work all week.
4: Were you working yesterday?
2: No, yesterday was my day off. I did errands. He's probably best known as Brett. The guy that Samuel L. Jackson went all medieval on in Pulp Fiction.
1: Oh, okay. He gave
2: that like that speech about, you know, in the valley of death, and then he he blows away Frank Whaley.
1: Okay. So but he is also like the poor man's Skarsgard brother, too, right?
2: He is, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He played a pretty greasy guy though.
1: Super hammy. Yeah. So like in this section, he's, you know, really like one of those uh suspects that's just like real open with the cops so you think like he can't possibly have done it and he plays it hard like super hard and you would think somebody with goran's powers of deduction might worry about that but he doesn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean i know i was worried about it when i was watching that scene kevin can we talk about that high pressure intense smelting scene
0: (laughs) oh that's what i wanted to talk about actually
1: that one. That was like, that's like the key making scene from the Thomas Crown <laughs> yeah, affair. Right. It
0: was totally. It was very like deep in the in the minds of Mordor. The gold is forged. I was so excited
2: about that. It was very dramatic. All right, so they get all these gold coins, yeah, and someone does. Someone does. Yes. And the first thing they do is start to melt them down
1: in the most intense smelting scene <laughs> that I've ever seen in the Law and Order franchise.
2: How many smelting scenes have you seen in Law and Order? One.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: They brought the drama. They brought the effect. You see, just the gloved hand, yes. and then the pouring. It was very, it was very exciting to me. I wanted to. I, it sort of made me want to be a smelter. <laughs> and the
2: guy in the scary mask. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Now the burial service for a famous atheist. <laughs> uh, right. I'm mean, just being mm. forced. First, first of all, a famous atheist. It is
1: the thing, and I, I think we just need to be clear here. Because I think the only famous atheists in modern culture really are people who are famous for other things.
2: You'd be wrong about who that. Who wrote
1: books about atheism or wrote articles about atheism. Yeah, yeah. Like you have like Bill Maher who made that movie. You have uh, who was the author, the writer, famous writer who wrote the book about atheism but, like, the atheist activist as celebrity, like somebody who is, like, the Laura Ingram of atheism or whatever this woman was supposed to be, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. that's
1: a thing? Are you, gonna, are, you like, are you trying to tell me that's a thing, Kevin?
2: I'm going to tell you you might want to stick around for Cy Frater's okay. right from the headlines. Okay, okay. But I would say, though, if you're at a burial service for a famous atheist, mm-hmm. Katie, and then you, mm-hmm. like, break into an unplanned blessing— <laughs> That's pretty rude. Oh, Heavenly Father, welcome your wayward daughter. Douglas, shut him up. Forgive her her sins. Open her eyes so that she may accept your glory. Daddy, please. Shame on you, Douglas. Shame on you. I mean, even if you want to save her soul, it's kind of like she, she refuses to be saved. Thank you.
1: So my question is... I, they set this thing up where there's mm-hmm. this famous atheist, and her like, and, it's, and and the niece calls it like the family business. The mm-hmm. granddaughter calls the family business. She's like, oh, it's like me and my uncle and my grandmother and mm-hmm. my dad who like split off and became like a reverend.
2: Yeah, they make money by not going to church,
1: right? <laughs> and they make a lot of like hay of that yeah. sort of where like there's this hilarious scene at the beginning where the the dad who's now a reverend is standing in the radio station with the atheist or the police station, whatever, mm-hmm. with the atheist uncle. And like when the atheist uncle was talking about atheism, my dad like literally rolls his eyes. Like he's like, "Oh, atheism, mm-hmm. whatever." They try to make a big deal out of, it, but they don't do it enough where it even like rises to red herring level. Like it's it's weird. Like there's a lot of potential material there. Like Goran talking about religion and the history of atheism that we never get mm-hmm. to.
2: Yeah, we get that in a lot of other crimes. He he definitely knows the acts of the apostles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he'll just he'll just throw it out. Oh yes. I just want to come back to the idea of the funeral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want someone at a restaurant coming over to my table to say grace for me. Right. And this was kind of like,
1: it was a little gauche. But she's dead. I mean, would she even know?
2: She wouldn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca, I see you got some new glasses. I did. Tell me about them. They're from Warby Parker.
1: They're rad. They have multifocal lenses. They have transition lenses. They're super thin and super cool. And do I not look... Very, very smart.
2: You do. And you've got basically all the bells and whistles.
1: Every single bell and whistle. That was available to me. I got that.
2: Uh, Warby Parker glasses start at just $95, including prescription lenses. For every pair that you buy, another pair is distributed to someone in need. Now, Rebecca, you didn't just like pick those glasses at random. You got to do the free home try-on.
1: I did the free home try-on, and then I made my whole family look at me in all five and rank them.
2: Right. So you go to a website. Yes. You pick five that you think you might like. Yes, and then... they got sent
1: to my house for free. Tried them all on. You guys all voted, and then I also made a cute little social media post through the Warby Parker app showing me and the glasses and all my friends ranked them too.
2: And all the strangers did as well. Yeah. Now, in order to look as good as Rebecca, or as hot, <laughs> you go to WarbyParker.com/order to order your free home try-on today. Choose the five frames you'd like to try on mail the frames back choose your favorite pairs and have your prescription added to the order warby parker makes your experience completely risk free and free shipping all around and if you have an iphone 10 make sure to download warby parker's app where you can use their brand new feature find your fit find your fit uses the iphone 10's true depth camera to map and measure key facial features Using these measurements, Find Your Fit recommends approximately 12 Warby Parker frames that are likely to fit your face best.
1: So visit warbyparker.com slash order Order. and get that done today.
2: Now, let's look at the second half of this episode. Gorn and Eames are suspicious of April, who sure hasn't been acting like a kidnapped victim. It looks
3: like
4: she tried to throw suspicion on the reverend.
3: And then there's her behavior. On one hand, she shows signs of post-traumatic stress. On the other... She won't get help for it.
4: We know she never contacted victim services.
3: If she's a victim, let's see if she behaves like one.
2: They bring her back to the motel room to demonstrate how she escaped, but during the visit, April tries to react the way the detectives suggest she should. The only therapy April's done is physical therapy for an arthritic knee. Hmm. They learn Mitch has been her massage therapist at the clinic, and he'd also treated the grandmother two years earlier after she got whiplash. After previously clearing Mitch, they have to do some more digging into his background. Mitch gave the detective who busted him years ago a thanks for arresting me trophy. Yeah. Goran notices it's solid gold and learns Mitch has a friend who smelts trophies. It's
1: solid something.
2: Solid something. (laughs) On a hunch... Of course, they bring April to Mitch's apartment to see if they can trip them up. And of course they do. April admits to calling Mitch after she faked her escape to help save Grandma from a double cross from fugitive kidnapper Delgado. But Goran deduces that it was Mitch... Who worked with Grandma to stage the kidnapping for publicity? <gasps> Only Mitch double-crossed everyone by taking the gold and having everyone murdered. Mm. Goran finds the gold hiding in plain sight, melted down and painted to look like weights on his dumbbells. Mm. So that was pretty complicated.
1: So complicated. <laughs> yeah.
2: So they tell uh, April that when kidnapping victims go back to the place where they're held, right? They have they all have sort of freak out. So they're kind of like betting that. You know, something, you know.
1: They know she's bullshitting. Right, right. And they're right. trying to test her.
2: They're real
3: true, April. Mm. And a lot of former hostages, they couldn't do this, right?
4: Oh, yes. They start hyperventilating, just stepping into a place where they've
2: been kept.
1: We, you know what? I am starting to feel a little bit panicky.
2: But they are just kind of all in by doing this, right? Because they could really get this wrong.
1: No, they know she's lying, and they're testing her. But
2: I actually have. A- but, but I'm thinking like the scene in The Big Lebowski where he just dumps him out of the wheelchair, thinking that he's <laughs> he's faking it, and he's just lying on the floor. Like if she like really loses her mind, it'd be like, oh well, we kind of thought.
1: You mean like when Laura pushes Nellie Olsen down the hill exactly in the wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole premise to the second half that sort of underlies the whole thing that really bothers me.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is something that I think comes up a lot on the Law and Order franchise, and I'm just saying it. there's a lot of like fatism on this show. Right. Yeah. And because like April is overweight, therefore she has to be stupid and gullible and lying or something. I, I thought you loved me. Come on. You ever look at yourself? That happens over and over again on this show. That, like, the overweight character, and I am going to just go ahead and defend the overweight right now because I myself am an (laughs) overweight person. Uh, It's like, just because you weigh more than TV Land thinks you should doesn't mean... You have to be the big stupid foil who also was a terrible liar. Mm-hmm. She should have been a, at least a cunning and good liar because she was lying to her grandma this whole time, right?
2: Yeah. So, McKay, what did you think of April? I mean, Rebecca's right that they, you know, kind of have her as uh, kind of gullible and dopey and trumpy, and like they're not really,
0: you know. I I kind of agree. I really, actually, really agree with Rebecca. I feel like it's a little bit unfortunate the the character, but. Yeah, I don't. I thought that the actress did a good job with what she had. You can put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, it's to the point where, like, she's now running the, quote, family atheist business, whatever that is, herself. <laughs> and, and because it's her, like, people are quitting. Because, you know, God forbid, like, the overweight person, like.
2: Oh, you can't say God forbid she's an atheist. Uh. <laughs> I really want to know how atheists make money. It's by not selling Bibles, by not having a, a collection plate to pass Listen, around.
1: I'm an atheist, as you know, mm-hmm. so I'm not making fun of atheism like as a practice. I mean, I am a... I
2: think atheists can take the joke. I'm a legit yeah. atheist. Yeah.
1: I don't feel that. I mean, the idea, and granted, I know you're going to prove me wrong later, but the idea that there's like an organization around atheism isn't that kind of the point? That like, <laughs> <laughs> like,
4: mm. You
1: don't want to have to go somewhere on Sunday. You don't want to have to put money in the collection Yeah, no, plate. that's
0: totally... That's
1: you don't want to have to listen to people telling you what to believe.
0: Extremely valid. The Church
2: of Atheism. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Restaurant of Hunger Strikes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the nudist
1: department store. Exactly. <laughs> that's excellent it's it's very
0: true but did you guys also notice that the casting on this as a whole not just for April but the casting is very well and probably Law and Order as a whole is just so typecast the Uncle Wayne who's the, the atheist you're like yep okay all right, <laughs> I buy it. And then the ma- and then the father, who's the preacher, with the- he's sort of portly with the with the soft beard and all that. You're like, yep, okay. I yeah. see that. I see a Bible in your pocket. Yeah, it makes it just sort of all makes sense. It- you look judgmental. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. We want a creepy preacher type. That's the casting call.
1: <laughs> a judgy yes.
0: preacher type. You guys go into his <gasps> agent? What do you think? Can I fit
2: this one? You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you were born for this. <laughs>
2: Now, Mitch is so grateful that the cops scared him straight that he commissioned a trophy for him, and then he uses this same process to conduct the most elaborate long con ever.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. If he's so good at, like, smelting metal into other things and hiding it, like, why did he live in such a shitty apartment? (laughs)
2: Correct.
1: (laughs) Like, wouldn't he have, like, been able to, like—I mean, and also, why hasn't he sold that goal yet? If it's melted down— why is he just keeping it around his house? Like what is he going to do with it?
2: Kate, I think he should just be smelting all the trophies, right? There's a lot of gold there too. You don't have to like do this big kidnapping bullshit.
0: I think this is part of it. I think this is part. I think this is like a trophy thing, right? Is that that's got to be it. It's a, it's like a serial killer thing that they they keep the trophies from their victims. He's yeah. keep it like he wants to see it. He likes the fact that it's hiding it like works for him. It turns him on or whoever. In
2: literal trophies. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I got to ask this question. Who wants a ransom in gold coins? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's a really good
0: A
1: smelter?
2: A smelter.
1: I mean he's legit a smelter. Or he has a friend who's a smelter. Is it clear if it's him or his friend? Did we ever find that out?
2: His friend's the smelter, but yeah. he did it he he <gasps> did it for him. Is
1: that why his hands smelled like tar?
2: No, he had eczema. Oh. You wait, gotta keep no. up.
1: I this is so complicated. <laughs> the it's guy so with complicated. Eczema had...
2: <laughs> but I mean, if you have gold coins, I mean are you gonna like bring the barbell? Into like the car dealership and I'll buy a Mercedes. Cash for
1: gold. Ever heard of cash for gold? Oh, cash for gold.
2: (laughs) He's just going to
0: ship it. He's going to ship it in. Yeah, that's all he has to do. In a free envelope. (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a few envelopes. It'll be, it'll be fine. got to melt all this gold. Is he, what, is he the Joker? <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, there was way more gold in those barbells than there was in those like little pile of coins. Let's be real. Yes,
2: exactly. There's
1: no way that little pile of coins would have made those two huge dumbbells.
2: No, no. But Goran, as soon as he picked up those dumbbells, yeah, we knew that was going to come into play later on, mm-hmm. after the first visit, where he's like, ah. And then he picks them up again.
3: Oh, God. Getting out of shape. These things I feel like they weigh more than, you know,
2: 10 And apparently, his arm is calibrated. Yeah. To exactly what?
1: How much? Ten pounds. How ten pounds is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's a wizard. Suspicious. He, yeah. He yeah, just like, knows things.
1: Jesus. <laughs> he, he cocks his head and he knows things.
0: Mm-hmm. He got gold fever. Is that what happened? Yeah. I've seen it happen to people.
2: Yeah, to people? You mean you, Mitch? He didn't smell the barbell, though. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, or lick
1: it.
2: But you would think he would bite it, though. Mm. Like, that's something you do with Gold Coins. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he should have bit it. That would have been great.
2: (laughs) Did you guys know
0: that April was involved from the beginning? Did you have a clue? (laughs) Oh. Did either of you have an inkling?
2: Did you know? I didn't. No. I didn't. And then when she, uh... When she starts talking on the phone to Mystery Man.
1: Yeah. Are you still there?
2: I really need to see you. Oh, okay. So she masterminded, but she seems like she doesn't have it all together. Right. So I did not see the double, double cross at the end coming.
1: Yeah. And also, if they have like earphones and like an, uh, a gag and like an eye blindfold on the grandmother, mm-hmm. why is April pretending to be crying when she's making that fake ransom call if she knows she's in on it? Like, why is she that scared? So that's maybe that's why I didn't know.
0: Well, now, the grandmother wasn't supposed to be killed. Is that why? Is that That's, why she yeah. was crying? Because she thought the grandmother would remember later, and so she had to pretend like she was crying <laughs> because the grandmother
2: would still be alive? Yeah. Yeah, they both were willing to let the other person be kidnapped in a fake kidnapping right. and beat up right. for apparently some money.
1: No, the publicity. The publicity. The atheist publicity. And the publicity. money.
2: It's- <laughs> because oh, it's boy. hard out here oh, boy. Oh, boy. for a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> Who's also an atheist. This
1: whole atheist thing, I know that there's a reason why it's, I know because you keep hinting at it, there's a reason why it's here. It makes no, it would make so much more sense if they had like an actual business. Like if the grandmother and like owned like, I don't know, a shoe store and like there was a fight in the family over like the, you know, the shoe store fortune or mm-hmm. whatever and this atheism thing makes no sense. It yeah, makes... because
2: then all the shoe eyelets <laughs> yes. that they find, that would be a bigger clue.
1: Exactly. Yes. It would make more sense. Yes.
2: Someone uh, destroyed a pair of leather loafers. <laughs> Why? <with line. laughs>
0: what if there was just a penny in the in the bottom of the bathtub? Would they be penny loafers? And if there was just a single penny, <laughs> it would have thrown everyone oh, off. That, that, would that would have been, been, oh boy,
2: that would have been great. Now, Kate. Sometimes people who have not watched Criminal Intent get confused if it is one of their open mystery formats. This was a closed one, so right, we were surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least They're I was surprised, surprised. In quotes, at the end, you know that there was a what the twist was. But sometimes we see episodes where, from the very beginning, we see what the criminal is up to, and we right. have to watch Goran catch up to the rest of us. Which of those do you like better? Do you like kind of going along and trying to see if Goren can figure out what you already know or, or not knowing anything and just going along for the ride?
0: I like this much better. It was one of the initial problems I had. I remember when Criminal Intent first started and they started that format. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> so I'm also, I like to guess. I like it to be a little bit of a whodunit. It's, it's part of the fun for me. So I know I, I appreciate this episode a lot this Same. format of this episode.
1: I agree too. There's also less opportunity for monologuing in this format because like the open mystery is basically like we know what happened. So we get, we see and catch up and then there's 15 minutes left. And Mm -hmm. that's when he just gets the person in a room and tells them everything he figured out. (laughs) Totally right. right.
2: So, in case you missed the first half of the show, (laughs) let me tell you how you you robbed that bank. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Let me tell you what your motivations were because no one loved you as a child. Right. It's always like something like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because your grandmother was an atheist. Yeah.
1: Hey, Kevin. Yes. This is one of my favorite transitions to an ad. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Do it. Support for today's show comes from third love
2: (laughs) yeah armed with measurements for millions of women third love bras are designed to fit and support real women so no more awkward fitting room experiences have you had those
1: you have no idea
2: you go and use their fit finder quiz third love helps you identify your breast shape and find styles that fit your body in less than a minute
1: Just answer a few simple questions. And with 60 sizes ranging from AA through G, including half cup sizing, 3rd Love guarantees a perfect fit and values comfort and quality with straps that won't slip, ultra soft smoothing fabrics, and lightweight memory foam cups.
2: Now, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners fifteen percent off their first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash law and order now to find your perfect fitting bra and get fifteen percent off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash law and order for fifteen percent off today.
1: And don't forget, this show is supported by Third Love. Oh my god, you're killing me. <laughs> it's a good line it's the only time that works
2: alright well let's take a look at the real life story that inspired this episode oh god it's time for ripped from the headlines okay
4: you think you know who did it you think you know who did it but you don't know who did it you don't
5: This episode takes cues from the kidnapping of atheist and activist Madeleine Murray O'Hare. Shut up.
1: Atheist and activist. She
5: was famous for getting Bible recitation banned in public schools. Well, in 1995, workers found the office door to the American atheist locked, and a note from her son John saying he, O'Hare, and her granddaughter Robin left town on business. For a time, John and Robin called the office and claimed nothing was wrong. The call stopped one month later. The trio had been kidnapped by David Waters, a disgruntled worker O'Hare fired from embezzlement. He took the family with the help of two accomplices, Gary Carr and Danny Fry. They made O'Hare withdraw $600,000 in gold coins, which the kidnappers then spent. The gang murdered the family, then dismembered and hid their bodies. Waters and Carr then killed their accomplice Fry, cut off his head and hands before dumping his body in a riverbed. Though the family's bodies weren't recovered, Waters was convicted for kidnapping and murder. Before he died of lung cancer in 2003, Waters told authorities the victims were buried on a Texas ranch. They found the mutilated remains of O'Hare, her son and granddaughter, as well as Fry's head and hands. The kidnapping of Madeleine Murray O'Hare inspired the 2017 Netflix movie, The Most Hated Woman in America.
4: All right, so there
2: are quite a few parallels between... This episode and uh, the real life story. The Are two there? brothers, yeah. Well, the two <laughs> brothers were very different. Robin's father had become a minister, yep. which is why she was instead living with her uncle, who was the atheist. Atheism was the family business. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Good I guess, for them. yeah, I'm not quite sure. And how.
1: having gold coins, apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't that just be the family business? <gasps>
4: what in The world.
2: Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure, again, you know, why they needed gold coins.
0: Or how one withdraws those. Like, and from where? <laughs> yeah, where are they going? Are they going to Knoxville? Are they going to the Mint? <laughs> I don't I don't know how this works
2: with gold coins.
1: <laughs> They're going to the Iron Bank.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Got nothing. Yeah, I don't know why you would ransom somebody for gold coins instead of cash. Yeah. Look, you know you're a bad mofo when you cut one of the guys out of your gang by cutting off his head. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, Javier Bardem should play this guy, right? I mean, that's basically what it comes down to, is that, like, that is the level of dastardly you have to be. Just to be able to be, like, sitting with someone, because, you know, at some point they were, like, in a van together, like, Uh driving on the highway with tied-up people in the back, and the whole time he knows, I'm going to cut off your head? Yeah. Like, how do you sit with someone and listen to country radio while you're thinking that? How do you do that?
2: I don't know, but you have to think about this. They buried the bodies along with Fry's head and hands. <laughs> so at some point they were carrying a, around at least some body parts yeah, with yeah. them to get them all in the same hole. Yeah. So they cut the head up and they dumped the body and like we're going to take head? the head and hands with us. <laughs> oh oh and gosh. we'll just bury them all in one big pile.
0: Wait, does the oh. do you guys think that the gold coins have anything to do with maybe tracking is that dumb? Is that is that a chance that it has to do with they're worried about actual bills being traced, the number oh. on the bills? But are coins harder to track?
1: You know, absolutely. I'm sure that's what it is. But they're also harder to turn back into money. Right, exactly. <laughs> Unless you're a smelter.
0: Yeah, I so mean, you, you have to be a natural-born yeah. smelter.
1: Hmm. You can't go into like a Hilton Garden Inn and be like, <laughs> I'd like a room for the night for me and my accomplices. Here's some <gasps> gold coins to pay for
0: that, sir. It would be amazing. Pull out a little <laughs> velvet bag out of your pouch, out of your satchel. Excuse me one moment. Here you go. My fine, sir. <laughs> Play my leer.
2: <laughs> Bring me some grapes. Well, I think what they were doing was they were going to take them to different coin shops, right? And, and like hmm. trade one or two in at a time. Not, not like drop a hundred grand. Gotcha. In the real story, Waters and his girlfriend, they put all the gold coins in a storage locker and they secured it with a regular padlock. Mm-hmm. And then, get ready for this, a group of thieves <gasps> who had a master key to that kind of lock came across the locker and stole all the coins from them. Randomly? Randomly. Oh,
1: my gosh. I mean, yeah. they deserved it, though, right? They deserved it, right. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know how, like, when we've written true crime books and, like, you, like, learn a fact and you're like, oh, shit, no, that yeah, couldn't have happened. Yeah. Can you imagine the person who wrote this true crime book was like, no. <laughs> yeah.
2: He took the coins. And, like, when we ended we up. They come back, like, they're like, what? And I cut did... somebody's head off. Right. I had them. Ar- I was. I took them everywhere for a month before I killed them. Right. Oh, oh, that was a lot of work to lose all them coins. Yeah,
1: and we also have to talk about the fact that none of these juicy details made it into the episode. They included all these other dumb details, like the eczema, but they don't include the beheading?
2: There's no eczema in real life.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So what was
2: that about? Well, he had to sniff something. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. (laughs) But, you know, okay, so the whole thing comes down to they they kidnap these people for the gold coins, and then they lose the gold coins, Mm -hmm. but at least there is no heaven from which O'Hara could know that her murder was all for nothing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. well that is going to do it for us
1: as we all descend into hell yeah we want to thank our guest
2: Katie from the Date with Dateline podcast oh so good Katie where can our listeners follow you
0: uh, they can follow us on Instagram at datedateline.com and Twitter is Kimberly's bread and butter um, also Date Dateline.
2: Rebecca how can our listeners follow you
0: uh,
1: you can listen to Crime Writers On, follow us at Crime Writers On, or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Reb Lavoy.
2: And you can follow me on Twitter at Atheist Kevin Flynn. You can also <laughs> tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our news reader was Cy Frader. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to LawAndOrderPodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These are their stories. was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio. In New Hampshire. And it's produced by Partners in Crime Media.
4: In
1: when it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes double A through G. And that's Third Love. Find your perfect fitting bra today. Go to thirdlove.com slash law and order and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash law and order.